Hey, today's uh, today's radio show and TV show is just outrageous. Uh, the things that uh, is happening in our country right now, America is under attack, and you have to be prepared. Today, you'll see what you're up against. Uh, something that just came out of the Smithsonian that we highlighted today, and you'll find it at glenbeck.com. You can't miss it. We just, I mean, we talked about it. I think all the way through the show today, it was it was so incredible. Um, but we also are, are showing you what is happening in our schools. We provide some uh, clarity and some answers. You just don't want to miss an episode of the show, especially this one today, our podcast. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So Charlemagne the God, the host of The Breakfast Club on uh, New York's Power 105 FM. Uh, He is also uh, a co-worker of mine. He works for the Premier Radio Networks, although I don't think he treated Rush Limbaugh very kindly. I thought what Rush did with Charlemagne uh, about a month ago, I thought was really remarkable uh, on an outreach and... Uh, Charlemagne is just full of himself, but we'll see what happens. Um, Charlemagne has come out and he made a comment on on Nick Can- uh, Cannon for his uh, anti-Semitic and anti-white statements. Now, Cannon was uh, he's lost his job with with Viacom. Uh, because he was supporting conspiracy theories of Jewish control. Uh, he was uh, talking about the Jews controlling things and how whites and Jews are closer to animals. I mean, it was, it was remarkable what he said. So he lost his job. Now, Charlemagne has decided that Cannon should have known better. He said... Um, He said, we have all freedom of speech, but we're not free of the consequences of that speech. Okay. All right. Good. Um, And then he uh, supported the criticism of white people saying that white people have a history of mass racial violence in this country. However, he said, Cannon should have been careful to discuss his views about Jews. Um, uh, He said, um, uh, because Jews do, in fact, have the power, end quote. And that's what you can do when you have the power. Listen, Nick is my guy. I'm quoting, Nick is my guy. I hate, I hate that it had to be him, but that's what you do when you have the power. And if there's one thing Jewish people have showed us, it's that they have the power. <laughs> Jeez. Wow. Um. Oh, oh, okay. So now is Charlemagne going to be able to get away with that? I don't know. I mean, look, I'm at... Because I'll, Jews do have the power. There remember. you go. Well, we'll find out, I suppose, yeah. because uh, they're, they're going to come down. All the Zionist masters will tell us what to say here in a little bit, and we'll know uh, whether he should be canceled or not. Oh, you didn't get your call yet? No, not yet. Why? Have you already, are you higher on the list than me? Oh, jeez. I... Yeah, I'm higher on the list. You're on the facts list. <laughs> I somewhat, I still have an analog yeah, fax still, machine. You're, st- <laughs> you're still there at the analog fax machine waiting for that fax to come in. I get the call. Oh, I get wow. the call. Well, that's impressive. Um, I would uh, say, again, I, I don't like any of these cancellations for any of these reasons. You know, you, you, No, neither do I. What you said of like you need to have the consequences of your speech, there's a very 
tiny subset where I think that applies. Almost all speech, especially when you're talking about ideas, should be stuff that we talk about. This is obviously what Nick Cannon said is so far over the line, it's difficult for <laughs> for anybody to justify employing the guy. Um, and, you know, I mean, he was people are totally ignoring what he said about white people, which Again, I don't have I don't have any I don't feel the need to jump to the defense of white people like I that's not I don't see people in groups that's a collectivist idea. I don't know I'm starting to oh god I'm kind of starting to turning no, into a collectivist because, did you see what no I'm not turning to a collectivist I just think that if we don't start standing up for ourselves um, I think there's a group of people that would like to see us all erased. I mean, it's getting crazy what's happening. That's definitely true. I just don't, I don't, I just don't, I have much more of the, you know, the view of, I'm an individualist and I don't see, I don't see, I honestly do not see myself as part of some group. I never can, I I take 0% of who I am out of the the color of my skin and I judge people by the color of their skin at a rate of 0%. That is the correct but amount say, you should be judging I, I, people. And, and I agree with you. I agree with you. I think a lot of Jews that went to the gas chamber probably agreed with that as well. You know, there comes a point to where it really doesn't matter what you think. Mm-hmm. It kind of matters what the Marxist socialists, what they think. Right. I, well, you I know, mean, because once they get power, then they start building, you know, little camps uh, and, uh, and ovens. <laughs> I, that has happened in our history. Uh, it, it has. It has happened. And, yeah, and of course, I'm yeah, not saying like, has. oh, you know, what we should do cede all the power to the, those to the Marxists. Oh, that's not the argument I'm making here. I'm just saying that, like, yeah, you know, I don't feel that like taking some random uh, host of a talent show's job away it does anything to you know some radio host i think like some wide receiver like taking taking these jobs away is not does not solve the problem all it does is make people who believe that stuff more and more angry and give them more and more quote unquote evidence as if they're being cracked down oh, yeah. against and, and this is how they use it, oh, yeah. you know, and, and I don't think so. I don't I don't mm-hmm. think that stuff actually helps. I don't think the canceling, I don't, you know, if you have people, there are people who have been on the conservative side who have said things that are incredibly offensive and totally wrong. And those people, you know, get canceled. And does that help? Does that does that make that view go no. away? If anything, and you said this no. a thousand times, Glenn, and I think you're right on it. It pushes it deeper. It, it, it ingrains it more into their character and they stop talking about it so you don't even know it's out there and then they start making decisions mm-hmm. without announcing it and those that's not a good that's not a good outcome so i don't like this uh, this this so, road I, I but it is amazing that no one's even mentioning the fact that nick cannon was talking about how white people are inherently evil <laughs> that's uh, that's well, a I, I, I thought he had a good point on that. Mm, I mean, he made a good case yeah. when he said white <laughs> people are evil. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I I mean that's a good right. case. Yeah, I hate white people. It's hard too. to punch holes in that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so here's what Candace Owens said. By the way, I agree with you. Remember, I'm the guy who stood up for Bill Maher after 9-11 where he's like at least they had courage i mean (laughs) so i believe in absolute free speech i'm in free speech absolutist um now uh, candace said i respect charlemagne the god but his 
uh, comment that Nick Cannon's firing proves Jews has the power is off base. Boy, is she being kind here. <laughs> Did hundreds of white people who have been fired over the past few months for disagreeing with radical goals of Black Lives Matter prove that we have the power? Thousands of blacks promoted to comply with BLM. Thousands of whites fired for disagreeing, and everyone pretend it was cool. One black man gets fired, and now it's the Jews have the power? <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> That's a good series of points right there. <laughs> yeah. so, I think who has the power right now are, are the Marxists, are the revolutionaries. They have, they have moved into every position of power that is required for them to take our country without a single shot. The only one that they don't have is the presidency. That's the last that's the last bastion here. You lose the presidency, you lose the country. Did you see what happened uh with the Smithsonian yesterday? Uh the Smithsonian the Smithsonian with your money now, remember, when I said that the president had a problem with the white culture, everyone went crazy and said, how could you possibly say that? Well, I should have responded, I don't know. Check back with me in 10 years. <laughs> but this is what I'm talking about. This is what I was feeling at the time. It was a, it was a misunderstanding or a disconnect with... American culture. I don't think this is white culture, but I think he thought it was white culture. I think, well, proof is in the pudding. The people today that are from the same cut of the cloth of, of Barack Obama, they believe this is white culture. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. that um, uh, the Smithsonian uh, released yesterday on white culture. This is madness. This is madness what is going on. Did you hear, uh, Pat, about the, uh, the guy in San Francisco for the MoMA out in San Francisco? He, the curator. What a terrible person this is. Uh, at a staff meeting, he had the <laughs> nerve, the unmitigated gall to say that White male artists shouldn't be discriminated against. That's that's like reverse discrimination. You can't do that. Uh, well, the staff got together and rightly demanded he be fired. That was non-negotiable. And he was. He was fired. And then, of course, he apologized profusely. Uh, I want to offer my personal and sincere apology to every one of you. I realized almost as soon as I used the term reverse discrimination that this is an offensive term and was an extremely poor choice oh, of words. Shut up. I can't. Agonizing. So for saying that they shouldn't exclude white artists, that white artists should be included as well, you're fired from your museum job? Yeah. 
Uh, and by the you're way, he, never going to get another job again, right? You'll never get another museum job again. And this was said in a meeting about how they were introducing tons of new artists mm-hmm. to expand the diversity of the museum. Like, yeah. It was actually, he <laughs> just threw it as an aside at the end of the meeting. Like, And I'm not saying we're not going to still continue to put white people in, in the museum, too. I mean, obviously. <laughs> and then he that, loses his job. That offended job. everybody. Yeah. There's a, another great one where a white woman uh, in Seattle uh, it was being uh, boycotted because she has dreadlocks, a white woman with dreadlocks. Oh, no, that's cultural appropriation exactly. right there. Exactly. Like, listen to some of these quotes. Not like, dreadlocks. Yeah, that's... Oof. No one has confronted her about her choice to willfully appropriate black hairstyling is highly problematic. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love this. This because this is an easy thing to hit. Until racial equity is achieved in wealth, politics education and work and white hairstyle. white people should not be wearing dreads out of love solidarity and respect for black people at least this is my current understanding and we should all note that as this soon as my- his ter- his current understanding changes <laughs> uh, it will be applied to everyone retroactively even though we don't know what the standard is yet but when his understanding does change, we'll all be held accountable to that new standard. This is insane. And this is insane. As well, profusely apologize. Um, I have oh, come to understand far too belatedly that my hairstyle is harmful. Ah! <laughs> no, it isn't. By the way, isn't it a stereotype? You've never been only, harmed by a that only black. You've never been harmed by a hairstyle. <laughs> no. no, I actually haven't. No, and I didn't realize that it was okay to say only blacks have dreadlocks. Yeah, I thought that was a stereotype. Yeah, there, there's yeah. another one. Uh, a, a vegan. Oh, this thing man. on vegan white supremacy, and now vegans are. <laughs> Are in this are in this pattern of calling themselves white supremacists because there's apparently too many white vegans. I, it's it's very difficult to understand. I went through it last night on Studios America. Are they forcing blacks not to be vegans? No, Is that what's going on here? And in fact, it starts with explaining that more blacks are vegan than whites. So oh I don't gosh. understand. Okay, oh my but gosh. they go through this whole thing and they mention this one group, um, Thug Kitchen. Is the name of it now? Thug Kitchen was developed. I guess I, I've never heard of it, but it was you know from about six or seven years ago, and they kind of it was a combination basically of vegan recipes, cookbooks, and such with like an attitude, right? So there's lots mm-hmm. of swearing basically in the middle of your recipes for whatever reason, like like a pinch of effing salt. <laughs> yeah, like exactly, exactly. It's that type of stuff. Right. I don't know. It's a brand. I don't even understand. So apparently, it becomes very popular uh, in this community, um, and then. People start saying, which wait a community? minute. In which community, Stu, the vegan are you community. talking about? I, the white supremacist the, vegan community, oh, obviously. The white supremacist. Okay, all right, <laughs> okay. good. So they become very popular, <laughs> and they're selling all these cookbooks, and then they people start, these think pieces start coming out in all of these publications about how they are, uh, I believe Vice said they were benefiting from a form of digital blackface. Uh, because oh my gosh, oh the word "digital blackface" oh. was in their title. Now, to me, it's Heaven racist to associate. Why are you associating thug with black people? I never have. Like, that's that's on I never you. Have. That's not on me. Uh-uh. I didn't say that. You're saying that. Can I tell that. you something? Can I tell you something? I can I can say this because I'm white and I'm married to Italians. But when I thought of a thug kitchen, I thought of a get out of <laughs> <Yeah>. here. Kind <laughs> of, you know, I, I thought of a thug. You know, a mafia kind of guy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. Like, it's completely racist. 
to when you hear the word thug to associate it with black people. However, the these guys, these two, this is a it's two two people. They had to change it to I think it's called bad manners food. They went and they settled on. Oh my gosh! <laughs> which, which I mean, at oh some point, gosh. someone's going to say bad manners is also associated with some group, and you're going to get pissed about that. But it, so they had to change their name, and they this big again profuse embarrassing apology about how we fought this for too long, and we are so sorry to the community. Blah blah blah. It is insane. It is like a strain of like I don't know is if it- COVID causes insanity, but it is affecting all of us. Is it not crazy how uh, when Paulina, the righteous among the nation, the woman that was 16 years old and started saving Jews mm-hmm. in, in uh, Poland. Yeah. Isn't it crazy how her words ring in your head? At least they do mine all the time. Now, the righteous didn't suddenly become righteous. They just refused to go over the cliff with the rest of humanity. Yeah. I'm looking at these mm-hmm. things. And you don't have to be a hero. You just have to say, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. No, I'm not going to agree with that. Mm-mm. <laughs> I mean, look at Terry. Oh, really? all, 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 only black people can have dreadlocks because it's racist if a white. OK, no, I'm not going to agree with that. Thug Kitchen, that's racist. No, I'm not going to agree with that. No, yeah, I'm, right. I'm not with you. On it's that. ridiculous. I mean, look at Terry Crews over the past week who's getting destroyed because he came out and said, you know, I'm just going to judge people on, I don't care what their skin color is. I'm just going to, you know, deal with, deal with people who I think are good people, regardless of skin color. And he's getting bashed for that. That used to be like the basis of being a human being in a good standing, right? Like yeah. that's just like a very basic belief that we all understand. It was the foundation people- of what MLK was saying to people. He would be in leftist jail right now. Horrified. Uh, Glenn, how long until oh, they're tearing down statues of Martin Luther King because he, oh, keeps, because he said that, well, they, right? They've already defaced it. They've already Mm. defaced one of them. They already have. Martin Luther King is not part of this. He is not part of this. Mm. Um, There was there was another one that I want to share with you today. Another couple of words that you can't say. Uh, The Rolling Stones senior writer, Jamail Smith, uh, said yesterday that he believes the word Mm. pro-life it's two words um, has so often been used in service to racism and misogyny that it should be retired like the name Redskins. So now he wants pro-life pro. Are you kidding me? That's racist. You know, what's racist Margaret Sanger and Planned Parenthood. And you are exactly the kind of person that Margaret Sanger knew she would find if we can just not let the african-american know that we're targeting their community they'll work with us to destroy and liquidate the african-american community Mm -hmm. that's racist that's margaret sanger you want to you want to say that the people who are saying do you know how many black geniuses how many black inventors how many black heroes have been killed because of abortion i'm proudly pro-life and you're gonna call me racist for that have at it Mm, i'm not going over the cliff with you dude yeah 16 million blacks have been killed since 1973 in abortion 16 million more people that we would have with us today and then and their children and and maybe even grandchildren by now uh, you think it grows exponentially 
and they don't care about any of that. That's that's not an issue you, for them. You you have to. I mean, the same thing that I think was going on in 1965 and 64 with Johnson. The same thing that was going on back then, I think, is happening right now. I think um, these guys, these white guys are corralling all these black guys and using them, using them to destroy them. What do you think's going to happen when you destroy the nuclear family? What do you think's going to happen? We've already seen it. The 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 leftists, the progressives destroyed the black family. Destroyed yep. it. Yep. When you see the when you see the poverty numbers, I'm going to go over them and I went over it last night. When you see the poverty numbers uh and and how when you actually have a mother and father in the house, black poverty beats uh, beats uh, or black uh, wealth beats white wealth. The number of people in poverty that are married and white is 10%. The poverty rate for blacks who are married is 7%. If you're not married, it's like 30%. It, why is that happening? Well, it wasn't like that in 1963. Sure wasn't. But by 1965, it all started to happen because they did this by design. The people who you are in bed with right now are, are the ones that did it in the 1960s. They're the ones that set up Planned Parenthood in the 1920s. What is wrong with people? Open your eyes and do some reading for the love of Pete. But that's why they don't want us to talk. That's why they want to make sure that you are too afraid to answer, to ask any question. I give you this as my testimony that you are an individual graced with intelligence by God. You're here for a reason. You're smart enough to figure it out. And by God, Thomas Jefferson's words are right. Question with boldness, even the very existence of God. Now, remember, in his day, that was the thing you couldn't question. You couldn't question God. And he said, question even the very existence of God, for if there be a God, he must surely rather honest questioning over blindfolded fear. You have a responsibility to yourself, to your life, to your children, and dare I say it, to your country and all those who died for the freedom that we are so quick to, uh, to toss in the trash. You have a responsibility. Question with boldness. And anyone who says you can't ask that. You can't say that. You say to them. I'm not going over the cliff. With the rest of humanity. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program. Lives Inc. now with 1.6 billion dollars billion dollars their mission is to dismantle cisgender privilege and the nuclear family structure that's just one of their marxist uh, ideas 
but it is one that is on their website and you can read about it. And they're not the only ones targeting the family. I want you to I want you to understand this is well coordinated and well financed. And Spooky Dude is hanging around all of these well financed and well coordinated and well placed soldiers. Good old fashioned American elite progressives have decided that the family needs to be put down. So where is it coming from? And what do they want? Well, we know it's coming from the college professors. So I'm going to share some stuff with you next hour that you need to know about our college system. Um, it's been established that Marxists are out in force now beating the drum of the end of capitalism, the end of uh, the American standard and the American way of life and the family. Now, they're doing this by taking advantage of the evil system uh, to stay in business. And they they insist that America clearly needs to get rid of capitalism. And according to the feminist professor Sophia Lewis, the only way to do it is to abolish the family. She said, that's something I want to challenge. The idea is that babies belong to anyone. The idea that the product of a gestational labor gets transferred as property to a set of people. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. She says nuclear families are for training us up to be workers, training us to be inhabitants of a binary, gendered and racially stratified system, training us not to be queer. Wow, I didn't think you could be trained not to be queer. I would support policies that expand the number of people who are socially and legally recognized as central fundamental players in the constitution of a person. In her view, families uh, help perpetuate capitalism, passing wealth and property through the family trees, concentrating wealth, causing all of the impression in the world. And if you just get rid of the traditional family, you'll get rid of capitalism. Then the collective state can raise all of the kids and we just get one giant happy communist family. Isn't that great? Now, her ideas, it's not just her. She's not alone and she's not original. She and others are just repackaging Marx and Engels. It's no surprise that she would be doing this since she was the one who translated into English the German book Communism for Kids. Hey, kids, look what we're going to read tonight. Yay! Capitalism is not the only problem, however, uh, with families, of course. Then it's your insane family privilege. You have to get rid of that, too. George Mason University professor Bethany Latique says, Our society values and privileges heterosexual marriages over other relationships, uh, but not by recognizing and valuing diverse family configurations under the law. Some family forms are delegitimized and marginalized. They're disadvantaged. Married couples are the beneficiaries of privilege, and it's unduly and unfairly enriched. The marriage institution was designed by white heterosexual men to maintain their power and social economic dominance and control over the other. You know, I think it was ordained by God, but, you know, what do I know? So if you're keeping track so far, the major evils caused by the family, capitalism and white heterosexual supremacy. But those are just a couple of kooky professors, right? Well, let me let me tell you, first of all, I got those quotes from a new organization called Family Story. 
It's a five-year-old think tank in Washington, D.C., founded by a woman named Nicole Rogers. She says we could get rid of those annoying nuclear families if it weren't for those darn evangelical groups like Focus on the Family and Family Research Council. She blames them for stifling the feminist movement, pushing biblical traditional family values, and attacking abortion. Okay, so more abortion, less Christians, no Bible, no families. Wow, this looks great. She says this is just antiquated to describe old-fashioned marriage between a man and a woman in love. She says if we just stop promoting traditional marriage, we could get rid of all of the inequality in America. Now, the top priority of her little think tank called Family Story is exposing the traditional family machine and its harms. And she's got all kinds of videos that kids can watch. It's wonderful. Another family story priority is research. Coming up with their own studies that help their narratives, like this study I think is good. The Case Against Marriage Fundamentalism. Embracing family justice for all documents... um, uh, for all documents how conservatives with the help from centrists and liberals have promoted the supremacy of the married family to the detriment of historically marginalized people and progressive policy goals. According to family story, the nuclear family is a dubious institution promoted by Christians and conservatives. Now, she also works with journalists in that great to get rid of offensive jargon of family formation, like out-of-wedlock birth. (sighs) Can't have any of that. Family Story promotes every type of family imaginable, except for the traditional uh, family. They have major ties with far-left players and causes. Uh, The advisory board is made up of three women. Brianna Cotter, who is the head of Social Impact, at Viacom, CBS, and entertainment brands. So she's pumping all of this uh, kind of stuff into MTV uh, and and other channels that she has access to. Um, Also, Family Story has another advisor. Her name is Julie Kohler. She's the senior advisor at Democracy Alliance, the largest network of donors dedicated to building the progressive movement in the United States. We talked about them on a couple of shows uh, like two Wednesdays, uh, I think, past. It is a group that was started by, say it with me, George Soros in 2005. He got a group of 70 millionaires and billionaires to get progressives elected and further a socialist agenda. The third family story member is Simone Ward, a political consultant who was actually the Florida state director for Hillary for America. She'll never shake that. She also served as the vice president of public affairs for Planned Parenthood of New York. So family story is a social impact agency called Purpose, which was founded by an Australian who also co-founded Avaz.org. That's another organization receiving funding from George Soros to become the global counterpart to MoveOn.org. And it pushes far-left policies around the world, including anti-Israeli propaganda. All of this, all of this is happening right now. Na, 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 na.